Hi guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound with your latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast, the place you can catch up on all our latest interviews. And today we have two guests from All Time Low. It's Alex Gasgarth and from Pale Waves is Heather Baron-Gracie. They are talking, of course, about their new collaborative single, which is entitled PMA and is out now. We talk a little bit about how they discovered each other's bands, their working process and musical inspirations behind the track. Plus, we find out a little bit from both of them about what they're planning next from Heather, the follow-up to Pale Waves' album who am i which is already taking shape and alex tells us about what to expect from all time low including an upcoming new song he has recorded with steve aoki you might have seen some footage of them debuting that track live at Lollapalooza festival the other week lots of really exciting stuff and as ever if you want to check out the video of this conversation it's up right now over on the rock sound youtube channel so go have a look at that anyway let's get into the conversation though shall we here are today's guests it is alex from all time low and heather from pale waves Good to see you both, guys. Good to see you both. And uh, yeah, really excited to hear this new single, kind of unexpected collab here, but it fits really, really nicely. Uh, I guess a really good place to start here is when did you guys kind of become aware of each other's work? Alex, I'll start with you, man. Like, when did you first kind of have Pale Waves on your radar? Um, Well, first of all, thank you for saying that kind words about the single. Um, But yeah, I I found out about Pale Waves right around... um, their launch, I guess. I mean, I feel like I was pretty early to the party. Uh, I, I heard the first few songs that they all put out and um, I was a big fan of the whole thing, like the, the you know, the styling of the music and, and um, just everything. I kind of, I was, I was all about it from day one and um, have just been following along ever <clears throat> since kind of, you know, big fan, love the new record, love, love everything that, that they've done. And so it was like when it came time to sort of figure out a, a collaborative partnership for a song, I was like, that was one of the first places my head went was like, that would be such a fun one to try and make happen. We had never met uh, or, or really hung out before. So it was kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm probably answering like eight questions that you had lined up right now <laughs> in one. So I apologize. That's because you're a pro yeah. man. I always like that. Just fire out eight questions at once. That's a good way of doing yes, it. Yeah. All right, see you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for stopping by, dude. Thanks for stopping by. It was a pleasure. Uh, Heather, yeah, same question to you, though. Like, you know, is All Time Low Band, obviously, you know, everyone's known them for a long time. But yeah, is this this one that you remember when you kind of first became aware of their work as a band? I think it was the Nothing Personal record is when I fully became aware of All Time Low. Um, I've known about them for years, been a big fan for years, loved everything about them. You know, not just the music, but the style and just, yeah, it was a big fan from day one and the songs were just incredibly catchy. And that's my thing. You know, if you've got a chorus that I can remember, I'm definitely gonna become a fan. So I was absolutely thrilled when Alex asked me to sing on uh, PMA. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, wow, this is such an amazing song. And it's so relatable that I was honored to do my part on it. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, I guess, because, yeah, what a kind of relatable theme in the lyrics, I suppose, for sure. And uh, and definitely a really kind of bright sound there, though, which is really nice. It's definitely in fitting with that stuff you've been playing with lately, Alex. You know, it's a very, very good through line from Once in a Lifetime to this. You know, it really kind of makes a lot of sense, this mood you're playing with. Thank you. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, I guess, when that song began and, and again, why Heather was kind of the perfect uh, counterpoint to bring on there. Yeah, um, so we wrote the song... Uh, out in the desert uh, last year, um, pretty deep into 
lockdown and COVID and everything, we we got a few people together and and took all the precautions and went out and rented a house in Palm Desert where we sort of where we made Wake Up Sunshine and um, just wanted to continue writing because we knew it was kind of one of the only things we really had much control over, uh, given that tour wasn't happening and things like that. And so um, it's really, you know, we, we wrote a song about how we were all feeling. You know, it's about that sort of mental and emotional fatigue that I think we all went through as a society once we were pretty deep into, um, you know, COVID and lockdown and the political climate and just everything that was going on in the world. Um, and it was really about that, you know, uh, connecting with the idea of this, like this shared experience of loneliness and trauma and um, somehow being okay with it because we have to be, you know what I mean? There was like, like, what else are you going to do, but try to get through it. Um, and it was for me personally, it was that idea of the connectedness that kind of helped me navigate some of my own demons in those moments. It was like, well, I'm not the only one that's, that's feeling this way, surely. Um, so it, it, you know, that's sort of where the song was born from. And, um, you know, the more we lived with it, the more we realized, uh, you know, once, once we put out once in a lifetime, the more we kind of realized that, um, you know, this song, this song really needed to come out like now, you know, it was like this, this really encapsulates everything that's just been going on in our lives. And um, it felt like the right time to share it uh, with sort of with this feeling that things are kind of starting to slowly open back up and we're getting back to some semblance of normalcy here. Um, and then the final piece of the puzzle was, was realizing that it would be better served as a duet, as some kind of, with some kind of feature, because again, to like take it to the, the meta level of the song, it, it's about this feeling of togetherness and this interconnected um, sensibility. And so it was like, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to be the only one singing this song. Uh, and so then we were like, we need a feature. Who do we get? And um, at the time I had been like listening to Pale Wave's uh, second record a ton. It had kind of just come out around the same time. And so I was, I was obsessing over it a little bit. And uh, I was like, well, why don't we ask Heather? And we reached out and that's kind of how it all came together. Nice. No, it's, it's nice when it works out. Like, so yeah, it does make sense for it to be a collaboration because yeah, a universal theme that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, Heather, talk to me, I guess, about your approach a little bit on the track there. You know, you get presented with this idea, like you say, you're mm -hmm. an all-time low fan anyway. Uh, what's yeah. your thought process when you're kind of getting in the studio and, and laying down a vocal on something like this? Well, when I immediately heard the song, I just knew how great it was. And I was like, of course, I want to be a part of it. I don't know how I'm going to make it any better, but I'm going to try. <laughs> um, it was already so established and it already sounded amazing. Alex sent me a version and it was titled Rough, PMA Rough. And I was like, wow, this already sounds like it's finished. And so <laughs> I just did my best. I just went in and um, I practiced it before, like a little geek. I, I made sure that I got, you know, I was fully aware of it and knew what my part was. And then as soon as we put it down, it, it just sounded so great. Like our voices really blended nicely together. And we did a ton of harmonies, which are one of my favorite parts about the, that track, the harmonies I just live for. Yeah, works very, very well. And it's funny how you were saying as well that kind of your early memories of, uh, of all time were things like nothing personal, because uh, Alex, I do feel like musically on this one, perhaps more than anything you've done in a little while, it really harkens back to not just nothing personal, but I, I get a lot of kind of don't panic era from this, uh, this particular track. Uh, I mean, was that a Thanks. conscious decision or anything? Or you just you just playing with the styles that come up at the time, I guess? Um, 
You know, I think what stands out to me about this song is there's there's like there's an obvious nod to the kids aren't all right by by uh, the offspring. Um, it, we sort of I don't want to call it an interpolation, but we definitely took some influence on that SoCal sort of like the single note intro riff and things like that, and some of the some of the stylings of the song. And so it was kind of like we were sort of harking back to to some of the sounds that we grew up on and some of the sounds that defined us earlier on for sure. Um, you know, I think a big part of it in, in the sound was, was, um, kind of paying homage to like the time I, I was spending out here in, in Southern California and going out to the desert in California and stuff. It just felt appropriate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely got some of that, that doom and gloom satirical, uh, tinge to it that, that like don't panic had and, and, um, and yeah, also obviously, like I said, the offspring reference. Yeah, pieing through the gloom is a good mood for 2021. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how yeah. we through it. All for that's, sure. that's what it's all about. Um, I want to mention a little bit about what else you guys have been working on separately as well, Heather. I mean, the album's been out for a little minute now, which is you know, mm-hmm. congratulations on. I mean, I congratulate anyone on being able to put out music during this time anyway, but also so congratulations weird. on a record like that. You know, it's a really Thank great you. achievement. Um, talk to oh, me a little yeah. bit, I guess, about the kind of reactions. You know, it's. It's like with anyone else, putting a record out there when you're not able to get those songs in front of the people must be a little bit weird. But to see those reactions from afar, it seems to have gone down incredibly well with your fan base. Yeah, I was just grateful that we were able to put it out and that we were able to do somewhat of a campaign in terms of music videos. It's unfortunate that we couldn't right away just jump on tour and play those shows and like see everyone and just connect in a room. But... We did what we could and yeah, everyone seemed to enjoy it and I'm, I'm glad that they do. Um, it was quite a transition in terms of the musical direction. I would say it was more like 90s slash 2000s, but I think that's just because I sort of found my style a bit more rather than the first album. I was a bit naive and kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of daunting having to figure it out so fast, but um, yeah, it seems to be going down really well. And right now we're working on our third album. So it's strange because I feel like I've just walked out of that album cycle slash era. And it feels so sudden to be writing a third album, but it makes the most sense to utilize this time. Because hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed, we're going on tour in January. So we're going to be so busy next year that it's kind of like we need to right a new record now so daunting <laughs> yeah. but we'll get it done yeah taking that opportunity at the time you're given absolutely and it's, it's interesting you mentioned the 90s there because yeah that's something i definitely picked up on not just in the musical style but all the aesthetics you've been playing with like the music videos mm-hmm. feel like proper like old school like those early nirvana videos of like uh the in utero era nirvana videos that kind of bright colors the smashing pumpkin stuff it's really really cool effect uh i mean what kind of artists were you taking inspiration with on that record and i guess this new record too is there anything that's uh particularly working for you at the minute I was listening to a lot of like strong female artists like Alanis Morissette, Courtney Love, Liz Fair, Garbage, all those bands and artists really. Um, They really inspired me on the second record. And this third album, I'm still trying to figure out what direction I want to go in. I feel like that sort of era is such a big part of me, but I know people expect something different. So it's actually sounding a bit more like, I don't know, like, punk in a way this time around but it's early days still yeah early days time to play with for sure um yeah exactly yeah alex we've you know heard two singles now 
Have you got any more, any more kind of lodged away? What kind of new music are you working on at <laughs> the minute here? Um, I mean, we're certainly building to something. I don't think we know exactly what we're building towards yet, but we, we have been writing and writing and writing. So there's a lot of music uh, there. Um, right now, I think we're just kind of trying to tell a story uh, with the songs that we're putting out, you know? Um, we're, I think we're kind of expanding on where we left off with the last album because that era, we're sort of in a similar boat to, to Heather and Pale Waves in that like, you know, we put a record out and then didn't really get to tour it. So it feels weird to be already approaching the idea of making another album. But that being said, you know, I think a lot of bands and artists in our position are kind of in that same boat of like, you know, it's, it's time. And by the time we really get to touring again, properly it's probably going to be two years removed from the last record so um yeah i mean with these single drops we're, we're just we're telling a story we're just building towards whatever's next we're not exactly sure what is next but um there's a big body of work already forming and uh you know i think the pieces will start falling into place as we get to play more shows and realize some of these you know wake up sunshine songs live and yeah i think the cards are going to start falling into place which is exciting yeah, well, I mean, one thing I, I did get quite excited about, I mean, I saw you were at uh, Lollapalooza the weekend, which looks so much fun, by the way. My God, what an incredible kind of first gig back to play that is. Um, but <laughs> it not, was mind-blowing. It looks so good, man. But not only, like, playing your own set there, you were popping up with Steve Aoki, I saw, as well. Is that uh, <laughs> yeah. was there, is there a collab uh, brewing there as well? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the, the words out there, we haven't officially announced anything, but we we went on stage and played a dang song in front of, 50,000 people. So I think it's breaking the news in some sense. Um, yeah, we, we worked on a song together over the pandemic and, and uh, you know, it, we decided to kind of let that song see the light of day for the first time um, in front of all these people. And uh, it was really fun. And, you know, I, again, I think it's one of those things like we haven't totally hammered out when exactly we're going to put the song out yet, but there is a song and it's coming and I'm very excited about it. It's a fun one. You know, it allowed me similar to what I got to do uh, with, with up in flames with Kezo is like working with an EDM artist or a producer like Aoki is like, it gives me a chance to, to kind of flex a different muscle and do something a little bit different. And while it has like we definitely brought elements of all time low to the table. Um, but it also kind of let me write with some different stylings and different things in mind, which I love to do. It's super fun. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different, but it's got flavors of all time low. And, uh, I just, I love the song. I think it's just a fun song. I'm looking forward to hearing it properly, man. That's really, really exciting news to hear right there. Um, you know, we, we mentioned live and stuff briefly. You've, of course, both of you got tours lined up. They are coming, fingers crossed, that, you know, everything kind of goes according to plan at this point. Um, Heather, you know, everyone I've spoken to over the last year has had a set list in their head for months. Mm -hmm. I imagine putting a record out, that must be no different for you. Um, how far deep into you are you in terms of planning what you want to do with that tour? Which songs on the record you want to get out there? I've already started thinking of it somewhat in my head. I'm that typical artist that gets so bored of playing the same song again and again. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to play like There's a Honey or TV Romance from the first record again because I've played it so many times, it feels already. <laughs> so I'm like, I just want to do the whole entire second album and that's it. But I know that wouldn't go down well. That would go down horrendous. So... <laughs> I'm pretty sure people would start walking out if they didn't hear like TV romance or there's honey. So I feel like the majority of it will be the second album, but you know, those classics from the first album will be in there. And I think by the time we do shows next year, we'll have, we'll start to release the third album. So there'll be like a single or two out. 
So we'll have so much music to play, like new music, which is going to be really strange. But yeah, I get I get so bored of things easily, which is bad. But yeah, I think I think that is the exciting thing, though. We're going to see that with so many bands on tour over the next year is like this unique thing where, yeah, they're going to be debuting songs they've never played before that everyone already knows because the album's been out there. And yeah, yeah, loads of more new material in there, too. It's a nice mix to to kind of see for once, I guess. Yeah, and it's so bizarre, but... It is what it is. It is what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Alex, huge tour plans for you, man. I mean, not only Sad Summerfest, but my God, you've got quite the supporting lineup in the UK, haven't you? That is that is a night out and a half, that one, man. You We're going for it. Yeah. We're going for it. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, even, even the idea of coming uh, and playing shows in the UK again, I mean, I'm just, I'm so thrilled and so excited. It, like, you know, it felt like such a pipe dream for a minute there. And, you know, now it's it's feeling more and more like it it might happen for real. Um, you know, the whole thing has been touch and go all through the summer. We've had the shows on sale and we've had people asking, are these happening? Are these happening? And it's like the only answer I've ever had is like everybody's telling us that these are going to happen. But, you know, it could it could change at any given moment. So and that's still the case. You know, I mean, it's with the times that we're in right now. I think there has to be like this big asterisk next to everything we do. It's like the touring industry is trying to get back on its feet so desperately, but at the same time, like we're all so aware of, you know, the risks that are associated with what we do, which is getting a bunch of people together in a, in a room. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, we're all, we're all just trying to be as safe as possible. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that, you know, the vaccines are rolling out so abundantly and that people are, you know, getting them and and that that's going to make the situation a lot safer and yeah i'm just i'm i'm so i'm cautiously optimistic i'm so so excited for the shows you know i do think they're going to happen um i know that the travel situation has just changed to where it's like we don't have to quarantine anymore so that's a really good sign that things are moving in the right direction um yeah i'm just i'm here fingers crossed and and like very very cautiously excited to get over there and rip these gigs yeah man absolutely hyped for those shows it's going to be a big 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 night out when that happens um i'll leave you with this guys you know i've seen you both hinting a little bit online obviously we don't know when it could happen but we've got to hear this song together live at some point right <laughs> you guys i mean please promise me that at some point when that's allowed we will get this live rendition right i have a feeling it's gonna happen i have a feeling it's gonna happen it'll okay. definitely happen Nice. Yeah. There we go. You heard it here first. Keep a watch out for all those <laughs> festival lineups and things. I'll keep putting pieces together, yeah. see what happens. Uh, guys, it's always really, really nice to chat to you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Songs great. All the best to you both. Good luck with the tours and all that stuff. We'll see you out on the road when we see you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks again to Alex and Heather for that conversation. As I said before, the video of this is up right now on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. And make sure you hit subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast so you don't miss any of these interviews. We are available on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Back soon with a brand new episode. Until then, I've been James Wilson-Taylor, and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound podcast.